This is HPR episode 1820 entitled Canvas Linux Fest 2015, March 21-22, Lawrence KS, Interview 1 of 2, and is part of the series Interviews. It is posted by 5150 and is about 21 minutes long. The summary is Interview Alex U.S. Rackspace Principal Engineer. This episode of HPR is brought to you by anhonesthost.com. Get 15% discount on all shared hosting with the offer code HPR15. That's HPR15. Better web hosting that's honest and fair at anhonesthost.com. This is 5150 for Hacker Public Radio. Uh, this episode is going to be the audio for my interview with Alex Juarez, uh, Rackspace Principal Engineer from Kansas Linux Fest 2015. It's the first of two interviews I was able to get, but I think you'll really enjoy this one. Before we get into that, I've brought a couple beers with me this evening for those of you with sweet tooth. Uh, the first one is Krabby's Original Alcoholic Ginger Beer. And King Fallon, this one is, is from Scotland, so you may be able to get it over on your side of the pond. Now, I'm not real sure, and I, I probably could research this, but I didn't. I'm not sure if this is a ginger-infused beer or if it's an actual ginger beer. And if you look that up, there is a way, uh, with some part of the ginger plant, as I understand, to bottle it with water and other things in there. It, it will, it will uh, over time, ferment on its own into a very weak alcoholic drink. In other, you know... <clears throat> In fact, so weak it's classified as a soft drink, like an O'Doul's or some uh, some other things. They're mildly alcoholic, but they they you don't need any kind of license or whatever to sell them. In fact, all about a year ago, I don't know if you guys are familiar with Al Roker, the the weatherman on NBC's Monday, uh, morning show, the Today Show, and I missed this one, but apparently, see he he's got uh, been in the habit of having this really so not not technically non alcoholic, but there's a little alcohol in there, and he's got like this 64-ounce cup of this that apparently he drinks during the show every single day, (laughs) I saw some of the talk last year, you know, they they cut to him and he was asleep, so if you drink enough of the supposedly non-alcoholic version, I guess uh, it, it can help you go nappy time. But this is definitely not like that. So I don't know if they if if it's bit, if it's uh, ginger infused in a regular beer, or I, I do understand there's ways to make a stronger ginger beer. It's 4.8 percent alcohol by volume, which surprised me it was that low because you pour it there's very little head. It pours golden and it, it's sparkling at least at the beginning, though it settles down pretty quick. 
definitely a sweet smell and tastes very, very sweet. I mean, if you don't really like sweet drinks, you're not going to like this. I particularly have a sweet tooth, and I really do like this. It's It's got sort of a sodaly, uh, definitely carbonated soda pop type feel to it beyond the sweetness. Maybe a little tart. I did look on their website, and this plain version, they suggest adding lime to it. And then they have two other versions, a, a, a lemon version and a uh, an orange version, which would be interesting to try probably. But really, I like I like rather like this just as it is. It's a little spendy, I'll have to say that. It's not something you, it's probably not something you'd want to have every week, and probably not something you'd probably want to have to afford every week. So, okay, I will go and tell you a little bit about the interview before I start, and then we will, before I actually add in the recording, I'll tell you about the second beer that I brought this evening. So, again, this is an interview with Alex Juarez, who's a principal engineer with Rackspace, and as he describes his job, he's not so much the guy you would pick up a phone and call and he'd be on the other end for tech support, but he trains the people who do the tech support for Rackspace. And from their Rampstack break-fix competition to the breakfast buffet they funded on Sunday, the Rackspace crew presented their organization as the managed hosting company that puts the customer first by making sure no customer has to wait in a long queue before talking to a human and then to stay on the line as long as it takes to make sure all problems are solved and all questions are answered. This kind of commitment to service naturally requires a large number of people working tech support, and by the end of the weekend, I think it was clear to everyone Rackspace was in Kansas to recruit. I was impressed when one of the Rackspace representatives told me, we can teach people the tech, we can't teach people to want to help other people. Rackspace dedicates a significant part of employee time to training and to improving the skills of their help desk staff. The only drawback is that when one shift is training, the other two are expected to pull extra hours to cover their shifts. Okay, so the remainder will be the actual interview that I recorded on the Zoom H1. And for contrast, I'm back on the boom mic rather than using the Zoom as a microphone this evening. Now, uh, after listening to the recording, uh, uh, using Zoom had both some good features and some drawbacks. Now, one thing that, and for those of you who completely lost at this point, look for the last episode that I posted a review uh, of the Hack- Hacker Public Radio Zoom H1 uh, inter- interview recording device. See, as, I, as I'm recording right now, the bass track, when I'm not saying anything, just looks like a big fuzzy caterpillar. You know, that's the noise track. When I'm use, when I use the zoom, that w- that was just you know the bass track where I'm not talking. There's it's it's almost just complete blank straight line, just like you were actually keying the mic on and off every every time you talk. That's what we see when we edit a. Uh, the recording done through mumble because when nobody's talking, nobody's holding their mic key down, and so there's no input going in. Now, what I found was, and if you've heard that la- that last show, I'm sure you noticed it. It seemed to be more booming, you know, out of the clouds sort of voice, sort of vibration, and I think a lot of that is I am recording here from the center 
of a practically square room. It's like 12 feet by 11 feet, I would say. I didn't bother to measure it. And only one door which I've left open. So before I send the Zoom mic forward, I'm going to try to take my laptop and move into the, one of the larger rooms and record with it there and see if, I, if, if that doesn't get rid of that booming voice from the clouds effect that we had on the last show. Okay, so... Okay, yeah, the second second beer. And this is another one for people of sweet tooth. Oh, here it is. It's Fagner 106 birthday beer chocolate stout. And I think it's it's celebrating 106 years of the Shiner Brewery down in Shiner, Texas. I'm a big big fan of Shiner because they make a make some really good and fairly inexpensive uh, offerings. Now, you know, you you may remember the last episode I posted here. I talked about beers with chocolate malts in in them, so they get a sort of a chocolatey taste because they're actually brewed with, in part with chocolate for the malts. Well, I mean, well, cocoa beans, I, I guess, in, instead of a grain. Now, there's those beers like that, that you can taste a little chocolate, and then there's beers that are brewed straight up. We want them to taste, you know, have a chocolatey taste. And, again, this is probably for people with a sweet tooth and completely matter of taste, but I do like those chocolatey beers when they're done well. And this is one done reasonably well. Uh, my favorite one, they don't sell it over here in this country anymore, though I think it's still available in England, is Mackeson. And it was brewed here under a license. In other words, they, they weren't flying it across the ocean. It was brewed by another brewery with the, you know, with the same ingredients and, and the recipe of Mackeson. And apparently it didn't do very well over here, so we went for about three years and then you couldn't find it again. So, of the other supposedly chocolatey beers that I've seen, this is, this is, if I couldn't get the Mackeson, this is, this is one of the better ones that I found. Brewed with chocolate malt and real cocoa. Delicious stout with a soft, creamy head. I'm reading from the back of the bottle here. Chocolate aroma and taste and slightly sweet finish. Some, some of these beers, they do taste like, you know, they go from, from tasting like, you know, dry cocoa. I think I've described one like that to one tastes like a Hershey bar. So, well, I wouldn't say that, but, you know, there's, there's def, different levels of sweetness with these chocolate beers. Unfortunately, this was a seasonal, and I'm not sure they're ever going to, since, since it's 106, next year will be 107. So, the birthday beer may be something completely different. Yeah, so, uh, so, we, you may, by this time, I've had this around for a while, so by this time, you may not be able to get this particular beer anymore. So, not all that sweet. Kind of a little tart in there, I guess. That may, that may be the, uh, residue from the ginger beer. Definitely, you know, the, the aroma, definitely very, very, very chocolatey. Maybe not so much as the taste of the beer, but certainly very enjoyable. I hope I hope they bring it back or do another chocolate beer sometime as a mainstay. Okay, well, the rest of what you're going to hear today is going to be the actual interview with Alex Juarez for Rackspace. Space. 
This is 5150 for Hacker Public Radio, and I'm interviewing Alex Suarez from uh, Rackspace, and we're here at Kansas Linux Fest, www.kansaslinuxfest.us, and we just want to hear a little bit more about your job. Of course, everybody knows Rackspace. I was looking up the details. Uh, Would you describe Rackspace as a a managed uh, server company? You you do larger customers, and it seems like you have various levels of support from uh, setting up uh, uh, supported virtual servers to uh, complete the turnkey virtual cloud. Would would that be uh, fair? That's correct. Yeah, I think a lot of it it comes around being being that support, being helpful to our customers, whatever their their case may be, large or small, one server or 200 servers. I think a lot of what comes around is wrapping technical support around that product. I always say being helpful is kind of what we do. We try to be helpful. We're there for you, whether things go right or wrong, right? We'll help you get your site up, run your business, make it easier for you to run your your business. And I want to thank Rackspace for um, funding the uh, brunch tomorrow morning. Uh, Your particular job, are you card sales principal engineer? Can you describe what you do? Sure. Um, Principal engineer role, is the, the role itself is different based on corporate organization. Um, my particular role, I work a lot with our, our techs, our Linux techs, our Linux community at Rackspace, and a lot of it's either coaching, mentoring, and growing those techs through with technology. So whether it be getting the training they need, uh, helping them with their career path, uh, just being a general mentor, and a general inflection point for our Linux community at Rackspace. So having influence into how we launch our products, or which OS we launch, how we launch them, things like that. So kind of just a general Linux mentor. So in other words, you're, you're not the person dealing with customers, you're the person training the people who are dealing with customers. I think that the, my customers are the rackers, right? And I, what I've learned during this role is that I can help more customers by helping the racker, right? Me helping one customer uh, will be good, but at this point now, I think for me, it's I get to help more customers by helping the rackers help them better. And how long have you been at Rackspace? Uh, I've been at Rackspace just under eight years. It'll be eight years in April, just a few weeks. And what was your career before that? Uh, before that, I was a freelance developer and kind of did, did uh, made my living that way. So uh, your basic LAMP stack, PHP, MySQL, uh, design websites, and WordPress themes, essentially. Okay. Um, well, I mean... Uh what else could you tell us about uh, the company philosophy? How you know? I, I think you pretty much explained. Yeah. Um, what uh, what was what would be your most interesting case as as far as uh, de- dealing with what you call the rackers and uh, you know doing uh, one story that stands out? And there's so many. Um, hmm. Of course, if I wasn't being interviewed right now, I have a million I could think about that. Mm-hmm. Um, let me think for a second. What stands out? I think one of my favorite ones comes from probably my earlier days of support. Uh, one of my favorite ones was that I got a call from one of our customers who who just needed help adding users. Right? That's simple as that. But they called up and said, hey, can you help us add this user? But not only can you help us add it, can you show us, can you teach us how to add it? Um, and sure, what may have been a two-minute call, right? Really became a 45-minute call, maybe almost an hour call. But... It, it kind of embodies that just being helpful, right? We could easily add the user, mm-hmm. uh, but instead we hop in the box, we had a use screen, and both hop in the same screen session, like a share, and as I was typing, I was talking about what's going on, what we're doing, and why we're doing it, and why is this the best practice to do it this way or do it that way, and really make sure he understood how to add the users, what options he had when he had the users, right? Home directories, if he wanted to change the shell, benefits of that, and we walk him through the process. And, and at the end of the call, he was he was happy, right? Not because he got the job, not because he got the task done, but because he was able to learn, he learned something. And 
it's really, really interesting that that, that call could take two minutes, and if it did, nobody would have, it would have been the same thing, right? It would have been the same outcome. But because we took the time and did the teaching and being helpful, it really created that, that for me, that fanatical support, right? That the extra mile to say, let me teach you, let me show you, let me, let me let's work together on this. And I really think that's what, uh, as support for our, our Rackspace really is, it's, it's about working together with the customer for what the outcome is. So I think that really, that really stands out. Small tasks, small, small call, but it, that one still stands out to this day. So, so that's uh, kind of like the old story of teaching, uh, giving a man a fish or teaching a man mm-hmm. to fish. Absolutely. So yeah. by that, I would say you, pro- you probably deal with a lot of customers who aren't that familiar with us. Uh, we have both. We have customers where we are their support team. We are the complete ID house, and they come to us for everything. And we have customers who we are extension of their in-house ID department. So we have all different levels, uh, from range from all sides of the customers. Uh, so some customers, we're actually working together on um, what the next step is for their change management or what the next step is for their infrastructure. And we have a much higher level talk. Uh, and then some customers, we go in there, and we do things like help them add users, right? Help them install services. It's all around what, what they need. Okay, and I'm sure uh, a lot of HPR users and a lot uh, or HPR listeners, HPR contributors, uh, fellow podcasters, when they listen to this, uh, I mean, I'm sure a lot of them are your customers, mm-hmm. and I'm I'm sure that uh, they'll be screaming into their uh, headsets, "Well, why didn't you ask him this question? Or <laughs> why didn't you ask him that question? Mm-hmm. Can you think of anything since since I'm not, you know, I, I don't uh, deal with this level." Is there anything you could think of uh, that might be a likely customer question from out, out there in the ether that you might hmm. be able to answer? I know that's kind of put you on the spot. But. Yeah, I think the, maybe the number one question is, do you support X, X, Y, Z, whatever that might be. Do you support this? Do you support that? Um, and that's kind of a touchy subject all over the place, right, on both sides. Uh, and really, I think it comes back to, that's why I'm so steadfast on about that being helpful, right? Because a, a lot of things we don't support. There are certain applications we just don't support. Um, but in that case, we'll still look at it and say, we think you can do these things. We think you can look at it this way um, and be helpful in that way. Kind of get you in the right direction. Because right? technology is not about knowing all the answers that are here today, right? that's part of it, but it's also about knowing the answers that come up tomorrow. Right? How can we help you find an approach to your problems coming up or that you're not sure about yet? So. Do you guys have the capability of... You know, writing code if there's uh, something that just isn't working out for the customer, or is that part, part of your purview? Um, in our general sportsbook, we don't go that far into the application stack, right? Uh, we, we've, in the past, we've written small one-liners, small shell scripts to get simple jobs done. Um, we've also advised on how to use some automation tools to say, hey, you might want to look at this, and here's how you might want to look at that. Uh, kind of uh, implement automation on you name, right? Chef, puppet, ansible, pick one of those. Here's how you might want that. Uh, but our, our support really is on, on the infrastructure and the OS level. Uh, rarely do we get that far deep into the code level, right? We do have Rackspace practice areas that also are digging a little deeper and a little higher up in the application stack. Uh, for example, we have one that uh, looks at things like Magento. It says a team built around supporting Magento, which you mentioned Magento calls, right? The, the Rackspace practice area, call them. And really those look at specific top technologies and going up the stack for them. Do you support any uh, other operating systems other than Linux? Do you do BSD, Windows, anything like that? So we do a Windows support team on our dedicated side. On our cloud, on our cloud side, we have a ton of different flavors that are available for, for spinning up. Right? So I believe... I I don't know if there's a BSD one or not, I forget. Um, but there's Ubuntu, there's Fedora, CentOS, Red Hat, um, Arch, CoreOS, so all types of different ones. Um, and usually our request comes in for either an Ubuntu box or a Stent box. Usually the users that are using Arch or CoreOS, they they, they know they kind of know where to go and, and have their, their approach to it. Um, a lot of our questions come from Ubuntu or from um, Ubuntu or for CentOS or Red Hat. So um, there's also, you can also boot from your own image. Rackspace Cloud offers you an opportunity to say, here's my ISO, I'm uploading 
create it and roof from image there as well. So if there was a particular flavor of BSD you'd want it, you roof from your own image. So. Uh, can you tell me anything about the hardware that you use on the uh, bare metal side? I mean, are you guys looking at moving to some of these new ARM servers or is that a little I, bit in the future? Or? That's out of my purview, to be honest with you, so I couldn't comment on that. Okay. Well, I think that's a good mini interview. If there's anything, is there anything else you can think of to add? Oh, that now that that would be one thing. You were talking, you were talking about your your rackers. If someone wanted to come to, to work a rack space, what kind of credentials would you be looking for? Um, so obviously there's there's the, the Linux knowledge, right? A lot of our customers still do use the basic uh, lamp stack, standard lamp stack, Linux Apache, MySQL. Now there's certain very there's certain variations off that, and usually what I'm looking at is, is a good base on Linux understanding Linux. Um, I'm really big on do you understand OVM in and out? Uh, do you understand file permissions in and out? Right? Uh, do you do you know how to manage not just one server but multiple? How would you scale a system from one server to ten servers? Right? How, how would you? What does it look like? Uh, are you able to do that? Are you able to kind of put that into a thought process? Um, from there, really, like I said, it, it's about leveraging technologies you know to solve problems. Because sometimes, like I said, you may know Apache really well, but customer runs Nginx. Right? How do you use your current information to look at a problem and approach it, try to solve it? Right? That's what I look for. Is basic problem solving capabilities really is the biggest thing. So you look at work history or certifications, or if a guy just comes in off the street with with uh, nothing to show what he knows, would you give him some tests? Yeah, so we go through the various questions I ask, and a lot of those questions are set up to see uh, what their thought process is and what experience they've had in the past. Um, and it's something as simple as asking, what have you done with Apache? What have you done with MySQL? And usually from there, we can uh, take questions and offshoot them, right? To, to certain technology and certain aspect of that. And from there, I can begin to tell their process on their, their thought process, right? How they think about the problem, even when they don't know, right? Or when they do know it, the answer comes straight out, and it's good. On to the next question. Right? Now, I saw you have uh, offices in, what, Texas and Australia and... Uh, Sure do. We one, have, one other, wasn't there? Uh, we have offices all over the world. Um, we have support offices in San Antonio, Texas, Austin, Texas. Uh, we have a support office in Australia and a support office in London as well. Um, we also have data centers around the world, right, in various locations, Dallas, uh, Chicago, a few in London, a few in New Zealand, a few in Australia, uh, a few in Hong Kong. Um, so offices all over the world. We just opened up Rackspace Mexico City, so our Latin, our, our Latin America office just opened up. That's probably the last office that we opened up recently. So offices around the world support 24-7. Yeah, 365. Do you have any opportunities for people who want to work remotely? I'm, I'm thinking one friend in particular, he gets tired of living in one place. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely, right? There are, there are things about about working remote, right, that we have, we do ask that you spend a few months with us, get to know our culture, get to know our people, get to know your escalation paths, right? But for the right candidate, absolutely remote is an opportunity, right? And that's that's a talk with, with the individual candidate on, on what that looks like for them. Thanks. Well, I'll ask you again if there's anything you can add, but I think we've covered quite a bit. Thank you. Yeah, appreciate it. Well, thank you, Alex. And like I said, depending on how many, uh, it, I I would expect unless a whole bunch of stuff hits the uh, hits the feed, this this might air as uh, as early as week after week after next. So awesome. And the website is hacker hackerpublicradio.org. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. You've been listening to Hacker Public Radio at hackerpublicradio.org. We are a community podcast network that releases shows every weekday, Monday through Friday. Today's show, like all our shows, was contributed by an HBR listener like yourself. If you ever thought of recording a podcast, then click on our contribute link to find out how easy it really is. Hacker Public Radio was founded by the Digital Dog Pound and the Infonomicon Computer Club and is part of the binary revolution at binrev.com. If you have comments on today's show, please email the host directly, leave a comment on the website or record a follow-up episode yourself. 
unless otherwise stated. Today's show is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike 3.0 license.